0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Most Christians know that they serve a God for which nothing is impossible. If you have a need in your life, God has the answer to meet that need. Simply search His holy book where there are thousands of promises, a promise to meet every need, no matter how impossible. But it's not enough to hear the promise, know about it, believe it, or even confess it. You have to put your foot on that promise, claim that promise, and do what it tells you to do until you can reach out in faith and possess it. This practical six-day series entitled, You Have the Right to Claim All the Promises of God, addresses all those Christians who are hearers of the Word, but not doers of the Word reminding them that you can't be a part-time doer and expect you'll get full-time benefits. So today, be a hearer of the word, but also one doing something with what you hear.
1: I don't think anybody really totally knows how many promises are in the Bible, but I will tell you this for sure, that there is a promise in the Bible that covers every situation, every area, every circumstance of life, God's got you covered, it's in the book, trust me. He wouldn't leave us here without giving us his word on the, on the affairs and the issues and the situations of life. Now the wonderful thing is for those of us that have found that the Bible is a book filled with God's promises and if we learn those promises and know those promises and come to the knowledge that we have the privilege, I'm going to take it even a step further, not only the privilege, the right I'm going to take it even a step further. The authority given to us by God to claim and to take those promises in a very personal way to ourselves, we have found that our lives have been blessed. My life is blessed because of the Word of God being active and working in my life. So no matter how many promises are found in the Word of God, it really doesn't matter. All you need to know is that there is a promise that covers every situation every area every challenge every sickness every everything that's going on in your life God's got a verse I said God's got a verse see now that's why let me go down this road for a minute that's why it's important to be in the book you see the object here is to be in the book so much that the book gets in you to be in the book and when I'm talking about the book I'm talking about the Bible being in the Bible so much that the Bible gets in you there's a difference with you being in the book and the book being in you when the Bible is in you man I'm going to tell you what that's when things start to change you better know what God's will is before you enter into prayer and you better know that he's a yes God everybody say yes. yes so if his promise is in this book the answer to that promise is already yes not yes and no sometimes maybe it's yes everybody say yes yes So he says, for all of the promises of God. Notice he didn't say some of the promises. What does all mean? All means all, right? All means everything. It means it's totally complete. He didn't leave anything out. He said, for all of the promises. That means that everything that's written in the Old Testament, wherever you can get a promise, and everything that's written in the New Testament is contained in what he says is yes. Yes so let 's go back and let 's start, and I like this now 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 Moses is dead. Remember Moses led the children of Israel so far out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, and into the desert, and couldn 't get them into the promised Land because of different things. He sinned against God and disbelieved, and the people murmured all kinds of things that kept. But God said, "Okay, enough is enough now you 're going on over, and He used Joshua because Joshua was one of the twelve spies who believed. Uh, the Lord, when he said that, you know, told him to go look at the, the land and he spied it and he came back and he said, surely we can do this, him and Caleb. So now Joshua is chosen by the Lord to take Moses' place and to continue to lead the children of Israel into the land that he had promised. Now the interesting thing, and I want you to take a little bit deeper look into the word of God, because sometimes we read over these things and we really don't pay attention and we don't see some of the little nuances or the little Things that that are really speaking volumes to us in a very large way. So notice what he says. I want to go back to verse 2. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over to this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. So now, in the mind of God, this land was already given sounds like what we just read in 2 Corinthians all the promises of God are yes and amen every promise in the book is already given it's yours but notice what he says in the next verse verse 3 he said every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given you as I said to Moses whoa 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 wait a minute if it was given to me how come it just didn't fall into my lap if it's given to me how come it just we just didn't show up there he said, every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon shall be yours. So what I learned from that is that even though the promised land or the promises of God are given to us, they must be possessed. You have to possess them. And this is the problem. Some of you are not possessing the promises of God. You come to church. You just go through your religious thing. You know, I went to church, loved Jesus. He loves me. Hallelujah. You know. Amen. Hallelujah. If you, you know, if you still haven't gotten totally free from your religious background, you go like this when you walk in and you genuflect whatever you do. You go through your through your religious practices, but you haven't yet learned how to possess the promises of God. Do you realize that even though God has these things available to you that, that's contained in the book, it never becomes yours until you reach out and possess it. Let me give you you a definition of the word tread. Because it said, everywhere the sole of your foot shall tread upon, it will be yours. And that word tread means, it means this, to subdue something. Wow, that's a pretty forceful word. To subdue something, that means to take charge or take something over. To conquer it is even a better word. To subdue, see sometimes you've got to force your way into the things of God. See, you can't play footsie. Some of you do this. You see, this can I, can I, give, can I give you what you do? You do this. Is it, can, you, can you all see me? You do this. You put your foot on a promise and you're there one week and nothing happens. You say, oh, well, it must have not been the word of God. Then you put your foot on the promise and you're there for like a couple of, couple of weeks or whatever. Saying, Well, nothing's happening. I guess it just wasn't the word of God. You can't play footsie with God. You put one foot in, one foot out. One foot in, one foot out. One foot in, one foot, in, one foot out. No, he says everywhere the sole of your foot shall trod and to tread means to subdue something. In other words, you got to put your foot on the promise and say, I'm not backing off. God said it, I believe it, and that's that. It's going to be a reality in my life no matter what anybody says. But you can't play footsie with God. You see, you're still in the maybe realm well, you've got to be in the positively I know for sure because God's word said. Well, he well, say, well, I don't see it. I don't see it in my life. You don't have to see it. Faith has to see it first. Your faith has to grab hold of it before your eyes will ever see it. So he says, everywhere the sole of your foot shall trod or tread, I've given it to you. So the promises are given, but they have to be possessed. How do you possess them? By faith. You have to use your faith. You can't just be, you can't just be neutral on this. But many, many years ago when, you know, in my life, in, the, in my uh, situation, your situation may be different, but in my situation, I just was lost, confused. I was broke, poor, and insufficient. My father died when I was 14 years old. Our family went into financial, I mean, disaster down the tubes. We had nothing, struggling trying to help my mother keep the house and she went to work we all went to work trying to bring my i tell you what i mean you can't tell me that poverty is a blessing don't tell me that i hate when people say well you know i'm i'm poor but i'm humble well i'd rather be rich and humble than poor and humble <laughs> i still want to be humble but i don't want to be poor and poverty and humility have nothing to do with each other i've been poor and i've been rich and rich is much better <laughs> And I can remember back then, you know, I, the, my area of life is like, so, someone's got to teach me some meaning of life, man. I, I'm, I'm like confused. I'm mixed up. And it was when I finally, you know, my story connected with Dr. Price. Back then it was Dr. Frederick Casey Price. My, I call him my spiritual father because he is, you know, he's my spiritual father. And, and I, he started teaching simple messages like this. And I began to say, wow, there's a promise that covers every area of my life. Well, man, I got a lot of areas to cover, so I better get in the book. But I started to put the word of God uh, into operation in my life. I began to see it. I began to put my foot on it and say, well, I don't have to be broke. I don't have to be insufficient. I don't have to be poor. And I began to dream about a day when I would not be poor anymore. You see, every first step of faith begins with dreaming. You have to have a vision. You have to see something in the future that's not a reality right now. That's your first step of faith. And my step of faith was, I'm not going to be broke, poor, and insufficient anymore. I can't live like this. There has to be more meaning to my life. And it's not just equated to money, but I, I want to be useful in my life. Because I didn't feel like I was being useful. I didn't feel like I was making an impact. I wasn't, I'm the kind of person that I want to do something with this life. I want to help somebody with this life. I want to, I want to, I want to you know, influence somebody's life for good. That was my, so I started to get a vision. That was my first step of faith and, and trust in the living God. And I had to put my foot on the promise. And let me tell you what, I was believing God for, for some of this stuff that I'm talking about, prosperity, whatever it be. And I was broker than broke. I can remember when, when you know, back then in those days, now I'm going back, I'm dating myself. They used to have savings passbooks. books. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You remember, right? You're all in my age group. They'd give a little red book, blue book, whatever bank, you know, every bank had a different color book. And you went with the little book and it had one, two, you remember? Written, stamped, watermarked. And then they, some of you are like, what is he talking about? You take the little book, you deposit your money, they put it in the machine, they all, and they punch holes in it, right? Or whatever it did. Then later on, they stamped it, you know, put it whatever. And, and you'd have the savings book. Well, my savings, you know, used to go up and down like a yo yo. <laughs> I'd save a hundred bucks, say, hallelujah, got a hundred bucks saved. Next week I was at the bank, pull out 90, I had 10, 10 bucks left. Anybody, come on, you know what I'm talking about. Then I'd save up, get up to 500, say, hallelujah, I'm rich, I got 500 bucks. <laughs> and then all of a sudden something would come up and I have to go and take out 300. I'm back to two now. You know what I'm talking, like a yo-yo, up and down. Well, I took that, that savings passbook in my hand and I had my checkbook. Now, my checkbook, when you opened up my checkbook, you needed sunglasses because it was so red that it would burn your eyes out. That's how red my check. You know what I'm talking about. You're in the black or you're in the red. Right? I didn't know what it was to be in the black. All I knew was to be in the red. In other words, I would pay a bill today and pray that it wouldn't get to the bank until I got paid on Wednesday. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you are living there right now, but you don't have to live there anymore. Right? You, you learn this stuff. So I... And you won't live there. You li- learn this and you won't live there. So I started to, to get verses, you know, that covered this. This was my area. Your area may be something else. I mean, the, the, of course, as time went on, I found that the word covered every area of my life. But but I started out in this area because I was just sick and tired of being broke and poor. Couldn't do anything. Couldn't help anybody. I'd see the commercials on TV of, of hurting people. And I couldn't even I couldn't even pay my own bills. How am I going to send money to people that needed it? So... I started to see the promises. Prosperity is the reward of the righteous. Whoa, well, Jesus made me righteous. The Bible says I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Therefore, that be me. That be me. I'm the righteous. Therefore, prosperity is mine. How God delights in the prosperity of his servant. Wait a minute. I'm his servant. He's my God. He delights in my prosperity. God, in other words, you want me to prosper? Amen. God wants you to prosper. I said, well, I'll take that for me. Found verses which said that, Jesus came to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. Listen, you want me to have abundant life? Praise God. That promise. So I put my foot on those promises. And guess what? After three or four weeks of doing it, nothing changed. As a matter of fact, it got worse that's the problem most people you start standing on the word over something and nothing changes in the first week and you're like oh this stuff doesn't work oh i knew it the preachers are just lying to me they're just trying to get my money they're just trying to build church. come on why is it so quiet in this nice presbyterian church this morning well let's pick on the catholic the catholic church this morning because you know i'm speaking the truth you can't footsie with god he said, everywhere the sole of your foot shall trod or tread. In other words, lay whole, subdue, push through, move forward. Everywhere that your foot advances forward and stays in that position. What does the Bible tell us to do? After you've done all to stamp, stand firm. In other words, you've done everything you can do, but nothing's changing. You just keep standing. You keep believing. I stood on those promises and believed those promises. And guess what? I got poorer. And I could have turned around and blamed the preacher. I could have said, All oh, this is, I just tried to get my money. This is a bunch of baloney. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. So I know somebody who said that. I've heard it in the spirit. <laughs> I had to put my foot on the promise, I had to tread like the Bible says, subdue that promise, hold fast your position, yes. refuse to be moved from what you believe God has promised you. Refuse to retreat your position and stand on it until it becomes a reality in yes. your life. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I had to stand on that promise for a really long So I would take my checkbook and my savings book and I walk up and down in my, my living room. I lived in a little studio apartment. I think it was 500 square feet, maybe less. I mean, you walk this way and bump the wall, have to turn around. You walk this way, bump your head on the wall. I mean, I couldn't walk with my eyes closed because I would have bumped my head one way or another. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But it was my little, you know, my little space that God blessed me with. And I was grateful for that. But I held those things up and I said, thank you, Lord. I I quoted verses. I said, thank you, Lord. I thank you that all my bills are paid. I mean, just to be able to pay my bills at the beginning of the month and not go into red would have been back then, was a tremendous step forward for me. I said, Lord, thank you that all my bills are paid. And then I'd hold my savings book and say, and there are thousands of dollars in my savings account. And I proclaimed that believing the promise of God. Didn't know how to get there. Didn't have any, you know, wonderful skill. Didn't have any wonderful education. Didn't have a wonderful talent that I could see within myself. I I really didn't have anything. I'm really a very, very boring person if you really want to know the truth. Other than what I do here and say, I really, I'm not, I'm pretty plain. I'm pretty simple. My life is not, I'm not a complex person. Very simple person. And I live a very simple life, really. You know, I go to bed at 9.30 I get up early in the morning. I cook my own food, mostly. You know, I don't clean my house, but I have people help me with that. But I do some, you know, very simple. I go to the mall and I shop. I visit Opal. I just live a very simple life. So there's nothing about me that I had that could say, well, I could build on that. I didn't know what I could build on, but I knew that I could build on the Word of God. I knew that the Word of God If I do what he says, get your foot on it. Stay on it. Declare it. Believe it. Even against the odds, believe that prosperity is your reward. Believe that he wants you to have life and have it more abundantly. Believe. Believe that God will take you by the hand and walk you right into your destiny. Some of you need to understand you have a destiny that's been given to you by God. I'm going to keep using that word that you weren't made by accident, but you were made on purpose for a purpose with a purpose that God wants you to get to. He, listen, he's blessed you with somebody else in mind. Somebody's future depends on you and your interaction with them. I stood on that promise and believed God. And little by little, it didn't happen overnight, but little by little as I just... for, And I can remember preaching these messages many years ago and I had nothing, but I'm preaching on prosperity as if I was the richest man on earth. Nobody knew that my pockets were empty. But time passes. And God does stuff in your life. God opens doors. God prunes and clips away things and and God prepares and God takes you by the hand and you don't even realize it. Like sometimes you think you're walking through the desert. You think that, you know, God's forgotten about you and you don't hear anything. You don't see anything. Nothing's happening. And it seems like it's getting worse, but all the while God's got you by the hand and you're trusting him and you're confessing the word. And you're believing what the verses say. You're believing what the Bible says about you. You're believing that these are a reality to you. They're not just some high in the sky, pie in the sky, you know, poetic verses, but they're, they're life-changing, they're life-giving, they're life-directing verses. And little by little by little, I began to see how God was prospering me every step of the way. To the point now, you know, all these years in... in Over 30 years, 34, some, some, 34, 35. I have never missed a tithe. In fact, there was one season in my life where I I couldn't tithe because I fell upon a hard time. And I didn't have, I couldn't give my 10% because if I did, I wouldn't have been able to pay my bills or eat. So, so I, I came up with this method and I, I wrote, I gave what I could. And I wrote down on a, on a piece of paper, the, the balance that I owed God. See, I don't know about you, but I'm serious about this stuff. If you you think I'm seriously blessed, I am. And the reason why I'm seriously blessed is because I'm serious about God's Word. That's it. And I wrote down on a piece of paper all the the tithe that I couldn't pay. And when when God finally got me to the next level in my life, I went back and I paid that money that I owed the Lord. It was over $2,000, but I wrote a check and I paid my tithe on what I owed him, it's what I did. Now, I don't say this to Brag. I only give this to you because I want to encourage some of you, because some of you, you know the promises. I believe you even believe the promises. You, some of you can quote them better than I can quote the promises. but you're not doing the prom- you're not doing what the promise requires, or you're not doing what you shouldn't. He, he, he addresses this in Joshua. But you, see, you've you got to get your foot on it. You've you got to stand on it. You, you got to believe. No matter what comes your way, you just have to say, "I don't care what. This is what God's word says, and I'm going to stand here until this thing becomes a reality in my life." Yeah, he said, "All the promises already, yes and amen. That's good enough for me." He tells Joshua, "He says, he says here every every place the sole of your foot. See, if you don't put your foot on it, you're never going to get it. It's not yours." You know, like sometimes people say, well, how come, you know, how come I didn't get healed? Well, you didn't know about healing because you didn't put your foot on it. Or maybe you knew and you didn't claim it. Or, or, or as it rela- relates to prosperity in your life, you know the promise, you got your foot on it, you're quoting it, you're saying it, but you're not doing anything. You're not tithing, you're not giving. So how is that going to work in your life? I believe, and, I, and I, I not only believe it, but I think I have the fruit to prove it, that you can't just be a sayer of the word. You can't just be a knower of the word. You have to be a doer of the word. It's in the doing that you're blessed, not in the knowing. Not in just the saying. It's in the action that you put behind the words that you say. So if you say that you believe prosperity is for you, you, then you have to do what God says to do. And he tells you to bring your tithe in. He tells you to give your offerings. Now, now I don't say this to brag, but you see now, I've, I've never missed a tithe in all these years. I go back to those 30-some years ago when I had nothing, and I wanted so badly to do something, I couldn't do anything because I didn't have it. Now, fast forward 30-some years, and God's blessed my life. Now I can do something. So I not only pay my tithes, I not only give offerings, and I don't always give offerings where I get a tax deduction.